0: Today on the ZabeCast, Alex Smith is a certified badass. The E60 on his harrowing leg injury and the long road back was one of the best things I've ever seen. U.S. Women's Soccer gets slide tackled in court. My man Charge joins me and he's got a special match game feature I've got no idea on. All that plus he's alive. Your daily Kickstarter of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Monday, May 4, 2020, May the 4th. Be with you. Aha, uh-huh. yes indeed. Star Wars. The great John Williams composing and directing Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Ba-dum, ba-dum. Remind me today when you bring on charge to really set him up for the lu kukukuku Cuckoo, Cuckoo Cuckoo, to see if he can hit it this time. I won't ambush him with it. I'll see if he can hit it. All right, I forgot the big announcement on Friday for you subscribers that I had promised, and I apologize for that. So I'm sure you're here now. And for all of you freeloaders, I mean, not yet, subscribers, uh-huh. ding, 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 I'll give you the announcement now. It, it's not that big of an announcement, but I think you're going to like it. And that is basically we are switching providers for this podcast to a company called Red Circle, and they currently host Tony Bruno's podcast, and they host... Um, Jerry Callahan's podcast from Boston. We're hoping to get him on and get some sort of cross synergy going. But basically what red circle does, which Libsyn our current syndicator does not offer is that they offer you the ability to pay for a whole year at once. So you don't just keep getting ding, 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 ding. I don't know what it is. People have been asking like, ah, you know, This thing keeps showing up and my wife keeps saying, why are we paying five bucks a month for this? So if you get it once, boom, it's done. It's out of the way. Washes down the river. I said, okay, fine. We'll provide that option. And we're going to give you 11 months. We're going to give you a full 12 months for the price of 11. No coin this time. The coin, I'd love to give you a coin for signing up, but by the time I order it and by the time we mail it and everything else, too much effort. We'll work on another coin here in a bit but maybe for the upcoming football season. So you'll get uh, a one-month discount, uh, 12 months for the price of $11. you will pay all at once so your significant other can't go, why are we paying five months a month? And then on top of that, the big key for Red Circle is they allow for something called RSS delivery, RSS feed delivery of the podcast, and that includes – for the subscribers that get Fridays as well. That can be sent via the RSS feed to whatever podcast platform or you know download app you like to use to compile all your other podcasts. So two big things people wanted, pay yearly and RSS feeds, bing, boom, and you'll get 12 months for the price of 11. But I know you're saying, I, I, how do I sign up for this? Not quite yet. Later this week, I think we'll have it dialed in, but just keep your eye out for that. All right, let me start with an email from one Jason. I'll leave his last name out of it. He just said, I'm so thankful, dot, dot, dot. I'm so thankful to be able to turn to you, Zabe, and your shows when I am feeling especially down. I'm someone who deals with severe anxiety and depression, and when I'm at my worst, I inevitably turn to you and your shows. Thank you for what you do. On a side note, I miss Solly. Oh, 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 I miss him too. I miss him beyond all words. There was a story, a tweet I saw about how, I guess, Joe Paterno's son had pulled out of their vintage booze locker some beer that they had saved from a championship or something like that, and I was like, oh, I'd tee this up for Solly, but he's not around. Coronavirus economic casualty. Anyway, I miss his impersonations. I miss him saying, you're the best boss, in suck-up tone. The De Niro laugh the most in the background. The evil cackle. It would be nice to have him back on the show, but I fear that may not happen for a while, if ever. Everyone's in survival mode right now, and the economic effects are going to be felt for a long time. But here's here's to you for keeping your head above water, Jason. Thank you, Jason, for that. I myself have been anxious and depressed. And I have grappled with how much do I say I have to speak out on some of this utter insanity that I'm seeing left and right versus how much do I have to put on a happy face and be your apocaloptimist and say, ah, this is all going to, this will break at some point. Like any fever, this will break. We'll be back. Everyone just hang in there. I'd like to do that, but then I'm I'm torn between the two. But I think maybe today, maybe I've come to a breakthrough. And the breakthrough I've come to is this. You know what, NBA? You know what, baseball? You know what, NHL? Play, don't play. I don't give a fuck. You want to fold up your whole season? Go ahead. You want to let Dr. Fauci run your leagues? Be your de facto commissioner. Tell you when you can play, how you can play, where you can play, in front of whom you can play. Go ahead. Make him your commissioner. Let him, if you want, flush billions of dollars of value from your business. Go ahead. That's fine. I don't care. By the way, Fauci is not your friend. Fauci is not your friend, Leagues. Don't don't fall for this, oh, I'm a Nationals fan. I sure would love to see baseball this year. Maybe it's possible. We'll have to see, I don't know. The virus makes the timeline, and on and on and on. Fauci gives so many interviews. It's like, what what is his role? Is he advising on the health side of it, or is he just there to give interviews? Either way. He said recently last week, it's like, well, you know, some leagues might just have to not play. Wake up, NBA, NHL, MLB, Fauci is not your friend. But anyway, back to my point. If you're going to play, let us know. Otherwise, fuck off. I don't care. I used to care, but I've already priced in now the real possibility, and maybe it's 50-50, maybe it's less than that, I don't know. That there's no sports anymore in 2020. And therefore, I'm out of every job I got except this one. And this one's a nice side hustle, but it's not going to pay the bills. If the rapture comes, then take me away. Because who gives a fuck? I will drive a range picker at some batting cage golfplex in West Texas like Roy McAvoy and Tin Cup. And I'll live an aesthetics life I don't fucking care. I'm over it all. And you people in New York City getting arrested for not wearing a face mask? Ha ha! You people in Chicago getting yelled at by your mayor who flaunted her own rules to go get a haircut? Ha! Suckers. You people in California being shooed off the beaches by helicopter serves you right. You decided to live in those places to begin with. Not visit those places. Because you know what? I like visiting New York. At least I did like to visit New York City once upon a time. And I like visiting California. Live there in any of those places? The fuck you kidding me? Good luck. There's literally nothing I can do. So let it all burn. Let the real fun begin after that. And we'll go from there. I mean, essentially, we're like Costanza. Now, we're going to go to the tip of Long Island to see some non-existent horses on this whole thing just to prove a point or I don't know what the point of it is, but it's nuts. But guess what? We're going to see prickly Pete and Snoopy, which don't exist. And eventually I got to believe we'll get to the tip of long, long Island. And then finally, then be like, yeah, there's no horses here. Oh yeah. One more thing (laughs) in New Jersey. Again, if you live in New Jersey, you're fucking crazy to begin with, but you're getting what you deserve. Good and hard. The, the, uh, Localities there launched drones and put it out on Twitter saying they're just doing it just to try to help keep an eye on possible crowd control in case there's not proper social distancing. And on their tweet, this is what they said. Regarding comments on drones, we are trying to save lives, not be big brother. Okay, If this plan to use drones saves one life, then it's worth it. (laughs) That loses you any argument all the time if it saves just one life. All it's doing is spreading an automated notice about social distance. No recording or pictures are taken, just a tool of encouragement. A
1: tool of encouragement.
0: (laughs) You notice how they said no recording or pictures are taken? They tweeted a short video of the drone in the air over a crowd, <laughs> which would be called a recording. The drones they're using are the DJI, DJI Mavic Pro, which is a Chinese-made drone, which I think they've either proven or they've suspected it of sending data if not more than that, to servers in China. (laughs) Oh, my God. You got to laugh, right? You got to laugh. Otherwise, you'd cry. Otherwise, you'd put your fist through a wall. So there we go. I'm going to roll with it. I know this Alex Smith has been able to roll with it in his life. If you missed the E60 on Friday about his recovery from a broken leg for the Washington Redskins on the very same date, November 18th, that Joe Theismann had his leg broken. Talk about spooky right there. If you didn't see this piece, I urge you to see it, even though there are some gruesome, shocking images of his leg. It's one of the most incredible, inspiring, riveting, breathtaking features I've ever seen. I would argue it's one of the best things ESPN has ever done, and that includes the Jordan documentary. It was so good, and Stefania Bell deserves to win an award, get a raise, and and, or do more of these to see it, because what Alex Smith came back from is simply unbelievable. Now, his leg is still fucked up. There's no question about it. It looks like the front of his leg, where they had to take out all this muscle and all this stuff to get in control of the infection, it looks like somebody just took a, a wad of dirty socks, put it in the front of his leg, put the skin over it, and said, okay, we're good to go. I still think he has a bit of a toe drop in which he can't flex his toe up to run properly. And so when he talks about I ah, who knows, maybe I'll come back and play, I think it's just in part to keep him himself motivated to keep I don't want to say the marketing angle a lot. It, he's not about marketing. Alex Smith is just such an amazing dude. By the way, his wife is a she's a wonderful woman. Unbelievable woman. But she's also a fucking 12 on a scale of 1 to 10, looks-wise. I mean, like, she's she's a model, basically. Should be a model. It's crazy. But great woman, great wife, I'm sure a good mother, and was there every step of the way. Uh, the, the, the special is compelling. You got to see it. One other thing I realized is just how fucked Alex Smith has been every step of the way in his career and yet he keeps a grateful attitude about it all. Namely, starting in San Francisco, he finally gets rolling with Jim Harbaugh's offense, and he's playing great, and then bam, concussion. In comes Kaepernick. This is the fro Kaepernick without any tattoos, and Kaepernick starts lighting the league's hair on fire, and they go to the Super Bowl. And Alex Smith, after a couple weeks out with the uh, concussion, he's like, you know what? I lost my job due to injury. You're not supposed to do that. Oh, well. And he has to watch the Super Bowl from the sidelines, and they lose in heartbreaking fashion. And the next thing you know, he's getting traded to Kansas City. And then he's in Kansas City, and he's doing really well for a couple of years. And then Patrick Mahomes gets drafted. And then he gets traded to Washington. They're 6-3 out of the gate. Next thing you know, bam, leg snapped. The first surgery goes very well. They're like, Everything's good. We put some plates in it. You feeling good? You should be out of here in two days. Two days, they said. And then here comes the flesh-eating bacteria. Fucked again. Alex Smith is a great, vivid lesson in perseverance. And you should watch this special. I wish they would offer a version of this documentary that has somehow either a warning, look away, uh, or black out or blur out the leg pictures. Because I want my daughter to watch it, but I don't want – if I think she'll be pretty squeamish about the leg thing. She's not going to be a doctor. So <laughs> I would like her to see the bigger message and everything that goes into it, but without having to see the gruesome stuff. Maybe ESPN can work on that. Maybe I can just pause it right before it, it comes and then say, okay, look away, and all right, we're back. We'll see. USA Women's Soccer loses big in court. Wow, this was a dagger. Basically, the judge said, so you guys have a union, right? And the women are like, yeah. And you guys collectively bargain your compensation package, right? Well, yeah, you see, but we've been winning it. And the judge just puts up a finger. This is all. I'm, you know, I'm making a metaphor here. And the judge is like, duh, 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 duh. why are you here? It is well known for anybody who at least has a decent understanding of the law and collective bargaining. And I learned this when all these other leagues went through these collective bargaining disputes. Courts are very loath, and judges are very loath to overturn collectively bargained agreements. You know why? Because the judges understand you start getting your fingers in there going, oh, no, no, we got to undo this. Then that fucks everyone else that ever collectively bargains on a on a on a contract like that's a foundational bedrock legal thing. Did we bargain in good faith? Yes, we did. Do you have an agreement? Yes, we do. Did you sign it? Yes, we did. All right, then get the fuck out of my courtroom. That's essentially what he said. It is a great day for the rule of law. It's a nightmare for the blue checkmark brigade and the social justice warriors who rode this horse. I mean, the usual suspects, and, and they're not done yet, they're going to appeal, and yes, they did have a small victory on their hotel accommodations and their travel, and but those are small potatoes. The main thrust of it was the judge said, not only do you have a contract that you agreed to that you collectively bargained, but I looked at the numbers. You actually were paid more than the men. In multiple different ways. So I don't what am I doing here? But they'll appeal. I don't know if it has a chance to succeed or not. You never know, but it was a great day for justice. And you should say that even if you've got daughters like I do. And you should tell your daughters, No, this is a good thing, and here's why, sweetheart. Because someday you could be in court as a owner of your business, as a woman, and you could be in a legal dispute in which the law and the contracts and everything is on your side. You don't want the judge to go, oh, but I feel sorry for the other guy. So I'm going to rip this up. This is good. This is a wonderful thing. It will not be treated, though, as a wonderful thing by the usual suspects. All right. We're going to try it this way today with Charge. Call him first and then get him set up. Come on now, Charge. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. This is where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Can okay. you hear it? Oh, yeah. All right. Sit tight. Here we go. It's coming up. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a little late on that. You're a little late on that, but it could be because of the lag. Between- it is. It is. Okay.
1: It no. is. I'm nailing. it. I'm nailing it. From what I hear, I'm nailing it on my end. You're but... nailing
0: it on timing. You're not <laughs> hitting the high notes like I can hit the high notes.
1: No, I can't do that. I, I, I my nuts have apparently been highly intact throughout my adult Good. life. I can't Good. hit that. Yeah.
0: All right. Good to talk to Charge on a Sunday. You become quite the Monday morning favorite of the ZabeCast listeners. I appreciate your time, Charge, and uh, you come today. Bearing a topic or a game or a theme, which tells me you are into this, my man. I love it when guys bring material to
1: the show without me even asking. Yeah, well, and and you you know that's just one less segment for you to prep for, which is which is terrific. And it's a it's kind of a win win. I had something interesting happen to me this week, and I was thinking about where I could tell this story, and this is, I think, the perfect place. For a variety of reasons, in part because you are roughly my age and you probably remember the match game game show from the 70s.
0: The great Gene Rayburn, who was the dashing sort of mischievous alter ego of Richard Dawson, who was a little bit more reserved, but Gene Rayburn was the fucking man.
1: He was great. and I think a little bit under, even though he was the host, you know, they really put those six celebrities in a position to be the stars of the show. But Rayburn p- brought it all together. He had the energy, he had the the wit. he uh, he was great. That's the song right there. So the match game works yes. like this.
0: Mm-hmm so unlike hollywood squares which was nine stars of varying star power with the great paul lynn comedian in the middle as the center square match game had six celebrities up there and they had a green triangle or a red circle and then the contestants had to Well, I'm already forgetting how the game was played. Let me tell
1: you. Let me tell you and the listeners. uh, And it is uh, the host, Gene Rayburn, would read a question like this. Batman said to Robin, don't tell anyone I wear blank under my costume. Then the six celebrity panelists would write down their answers to fill in that blank. And then a contestant, there are two contestants who are dueling the contestant will give an answer to try to match as many of those six celebrities as possible. That's the, that was the core concept. God. and part of, the, part of the brilliance of it, Zabe was that the game was simple and you could play it at home. You get to play. This is, I'm going to do a little game, a little game show theory with you. Gameplay game show theory. You get to play exactly like the contestants when you're sitting at home, when you're answering lingerie don't ever tell anyone i wear lingerie under my costume then you are playing just like the contestant most of the time with many game shows you can never truly replicate what the contestant is doing you have to play some other version of that and if you look at the really successful game shows, Abe, you get to play along from home and play just like the contestants let's take family feud as an example when uncle gus is answering on family feud you're at home yelling your family feud and answer. Right. And when Uncle Gus says trash cans and the question is,
0: what is something you normally keep your meat in? You <laughs> scream
1: at him saying trash can. What the fuck is wrong with you? Exactly. And th- you know what? And in, in the, the, the ma- match game works exactly the same same way. When somebody says, don't ever tell anyone I wear trash cans under my costume, you're at home going, whoa, what? you moron. By the way, you, I got yeah.
0: match game bloopers and funny moments. You want to hear a couple? Yes. Okay. Oh, I might have missed I might have missed this one. Here we go. Bum, bum, ba, na, Thank you very much. We present Karen Lesko. Hi, Karen. Hi. You know John? Yes, we do. (laughs) There's the two contestants. uh, Pretty nipples there. (laughs) Ah, pretty nipples there. Okay, there's a blue blue one. He's my real son, and he's married to his step-sister now. Wow.
1: You're going to have to leave now, Marge. I don't know. You think about it. The police commissioner said, I think Batman and Robin are... Queer. Wow, what are the odds that I would give a Batman and Robin and there's a Batman and Robin? That's uncanny. Wow. Wow. Do you remember that one? That's really weird. No, I've never heard that one. Queer. Queer. Andy, you think about it. The police commissioner said I think Batman and Robin are queer. Now that's when you cut that is when you cut to Charles Nelson Riley. The moment I got my Robin outfit, a rumor like that would start... (laughs)
0: And that's by the way, Richard Dawson. So he was on the panel in addition to being a guy that went on. Okay, let's get back to your point.
1: All right. Yes, and he went and obviously Dawson. We'll talk more about him in a second because I'm going to drag this out because we're in the we're in the sports abyss right now. So uh, Family Feud is great. Jeopardy let you play along. You play around Jeopardy. It's been successful and on the air for 50 years. Price is right, but on for 50 years. Um, This is from a gameplay standpoint. It works brilliantly. Now, a little bit of quick history. Gene Rayburn, who you correctly identified as being brilliant, he was the original Ed McMahon sitting next to Steve Allen on the Tonight Show Hey-o. back when it started. Yes. Which I had I have no idea about. Now, Match Game actually got off to a rocky start. It was originally on CBS. And this is 1962. So this – we remember the 70s version. There was a version in 62, and the questions were really bad. They were questions like, name a part of an elephant. And then you were trying to, like, guess how many people would say trunk, right? Yeah. And – that, the show ends up getting canceled in 19. A year later, it's canceled in 1963, and they've got six weeks of episodes left to shoot, and it's already been canceled. So the producers decide to make the questions funny and sexualized.
0: No and way. What
1: happens, and what happens in those last six weeks? The ratings spike. The show gets renewed and it ends up running all the way to the point. Now it's been running on and off. It's even running now. Alec Baldwin is the current host. This thing's been running forever under this format. And so they saved it from they saved it from being canceled. Now, the version that we care about though is the nineteen seventies from all when right. you and I were kids and can, match game.
0: Can I interject a possible yes, clip please. here? You talk yes. about sexualized in this match game bloopers and funny moments. Cut sixteen says, "Betty, show us your g-string," referring to one Betty White. Yes. So this is what we're talking about.
1: Would you like to see Betty's? I sure would. Okay. You show him yours <laughs> if he shows you.
0: Again, Richard Dawson stealing the show. Yes. And hips, yeah. hips, hips, hips does not end. One hips. more time. Yeah. And then Richard Dawson like pulls <laughs> her in for a big hug, and his head is right in her tits. By the way, a younger, <laughs> a, a younger Betty White, not oh, yeah.
1: shabby. No, and at that point she's probably in her forties, right? Oh yeah, and you know, and but she she was still she was still held together very well there. Now. For her in particular, and let's let's go to the celebrities. I mean, the whole interplay of the celebrities was really half the fun of the game. I mean, the gameplay itself was great, as we already talked about, but it was the celebrities playing off each other with the, the obvious chemistry that they had was really important. And you got to see these familiar celebrities when they're off script; they're not doing, you know, right. I'm not playing a role. You get to see who they really are, and there was a lot of appeal to that. Now, you mentioned Richard Dawson. There were t- there were two other regulars with Richard. Richard was always Richard was always a, the bottom middle person in slot number five of the six spots. The upper left slot number one was always a male, and that would be a rotating guy. It might be Nipsey Russell or Orson Bean, or it might be uh, Kirk uh, uh, not Kirk, Captain Kirk uh, uh, Shatner, William Shatner. Oh, okay. Then next to him was Brett Summers, the, a female, it male, female, male, female, male, female for the six of them. Brett Summers was always there. And then there was Charles Nelson Riley next to Brett Summers. And then if we go down to the bottom level, the, the bottom left corner was always the ditzy blonde or almost always. It was always a right. woman and usually ditzy blonde, then Richard Dawson, and then – that last spot was usually a recurring guest of which Betty White was on many, many, many times. Now, Dawson was the problem. He's so good, he unbalances the entire game single-handedly. He's f- smart, he's funny, Quick. and despite being British, he understands American culture. So he gets all these, he gets all the nomenclature and all the references. Now Every they had the way the format of the game worked. You had this head-to-head matchup, and then the winner would get to play super match. When you go to super match, <laughs> you get you pick one celebrity to do your super match with, and only one. Everybody picked Dawson.
0: Always they all because they always. wanted to say something funny.
1: Well, because he was right, they had five thousand dollars on the line, and he would nail it. He would give the best answer. He was so good, and that's how they broke it. And then later, they decided because the other contestants, this starts rubbing the other contestants really wrong, right can I, all these Hollywood can I Eagles. jump in for
0: yes. a second here and ask, Please you, do. what brought this on? Are you just a game are you just a game show aficionado? Are you a match game fanatic? Did you see a documentary on this? Did you read a book? Were you deep diving on old match games on YouTube this weekend?
1: No, I just randomly decided. Um, that I enjoyed match game as a kid growing up and it was on game show network, right? So uh, game show network is still showing them. So I just decided to randomly hit the record button on the direct TV, but, uh, uh, remote and then start and binging it just started, it. It just, I just, and then at night, how many, wife and I how many did you binge? Now I only did this a week ago, so I've seen like five episodes. So That's far. it. Okay. Yes. By and the, the way, way game, I, I,
0: by the way, game yes. show network channel two thirty three. On the eleven of us that still have Directv, TV. That's yes. right. We're and the we're last. We're calling. It, we were the dirty dozen that still paid Directv for satellite service. We're now down to eleven. Okay, continue. That's
1: right. So now, you and
0: Roxy uh, went and started binging in bed, which is sexy as
1: hell. <laughs> God, binging,
0: is binging, uh, game show network, and binging the Match Game in bed.
1: That's right. It, you'd think we'd have better things to do. Now back to Dawson for just a second. We find out later he was very very unhappy. Now he was very good at the game and he was funny, but he was, was also he biting
0: depressed
1: like he, many uh,
0: comedians and or celebrities are.
1: He did not like Family Feud in particular because he got his own game show. Uh, I'm sorry, he didn't like Match Game because he got his own game show, Family Feud, and Family Feud was where he really wanted to be. He thought he was so much better than anybody else on that show, including Gene Rayburn, that he should be the star of the show beyond what he already was. Was, match he, game.
0: was he double dipping as host of Family Feud while still appearing on Match Game?
1: He did for three years before ah. he finally just said, I'm, I'm out. And he was a jackass, and the other contestants ended up hating him.
0: Well, he was, look, he was great at Family Feud, but you could argue he was better at Match Game.
1: I think he was. I think he was. But you know what happened? Here's the funny thing. Match Game is the number one daytime TV show. Match Game is. For three straight years, he goes over to Family Feud. Family Feud becomes the number 1 daytime show and and it's just people followed him. They loved they loved Dawson.
0: Yeah. And last, you know what? Last, yeah. I wonder if a guy like him and he was in Hogan's Heroes, right?
1: Yes, he was. Yes, uh, he was. I don't
0: know what other movies that he did, but he's most well known for Family Feud. Right. I wonder how serious actors feel about essentially making all their money and being known for something that is trivial by comparison, not serious. Like, does that bother them is what I wonder.
1: I think there are some who definitely do. I think there's an ego play here for sure. 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 Yeah. Last, last thing on the celebrities. And then we'll, we'll get to the real story. The whole point of all of this. Oh, this is just a prelude. By the way,
0: let's leave a few minutes because we got Trubisky news. And Andy oh. Dalton news football-wise, and then we got to hit murder hornets before we're out.
1: Sad <laughs> Um so Charles Nelson Riley, upper right-hand corner, is where he always sat, right next to Brett Summers. He is very good at the game. He drives Brett Summers crazy and they go back and forth and they snipe at each other all the time. But the most important thing is Charles Nelson Riley has to be one of the first, if not the first, openly gay men on TV. And it's swishy always
0: swishy gay.
1: Swishy gay. Yes. Ascot wearing gay. Yes. I proud think, gay. I, Out yes. gay. Yes. And if by the way, if Fred Minnick listens to this, you know, we're totally cool with your ascot. <laughs> I think I think it's you know it's always unspoken. Right. But there would be. But it's joked about in roundabout ways all the time, frequently about him and being gay. And he's it's at the time. Yeah, it was it was really, really different. And I think he was one of those people that made it OK to be on TV. Now, the point of the story. So Roxy and I are laying in bed and we're watching Match Game and uh, it's, by the way, Match Game 77, if you particularly care. in And in comes two new contestants, uh, the defending champion and new guy wearing a laser suit and a handlebar mustache. And his name is Rich Orloff. And he says he's in L.A. because he wants to be a comedian. And as we watch, it's obvious he's trying to use Match Game. His appearance on Match Game is sort of like a comedian tryout, right? He's got some bits that he's working in. And he's he's just a little bit sharper and a little bit wittier than the other contestants, save so he cra- he's cracking some jokes and stuff and he ends up getting knocked out uh, and he ends up winning one he ends up winning one game and then he gets knocked out uh, in the next game on some bad luck. and I turn to my my wife Roxy and I say, you know if that happened 40 years ago, let, we let's go back and get his name again. So we, we back up and we get his name, Rich Orloff. Okay. And his entire life has now transpired. His entire like meaningful adult life has transpired. He might even be dead. Let's find out what the real story of Rich Orloff <laughs> is. Random <laughs> contestant on Match Game 77, right? So, I've never... sure
0: enough, Rich Orloff, Wikipedia, and boom, I bet they had a page.
1: There's a page. Of course. He, I've never Googled a game show contestant before. He's the first one. He ends up with a significant body of work. He ended up writing for Three's Company. He ended up writing for Flo, if you remember Flo. But his major achievement, he was a very successful playwright in New York with 60 plays, mostly comedies. Wow. He won the Rich Orloff won the 2002 Pickering Award for playwriting achievement. The Pickering? The he's, he's a Pickering man? Oh, my God. He's a Pickering God. man. He's a Pickering man. <laughs> The Kaufman and Hart Prize for New American Comedy, the Playwrights First Award, the Theater Conspiracy New Play Contest, the Larry Kors Playwriting Prize, and the Abels Foundation Playwriting Award. He had a whole career. Some rando that I decided to Google on Match Game that's ended fun. up having ended up having this great career. So there you go. So the there point you go. The, of the story.
0: That's good. The I think the most famous blooper from any game show of that vintage is this one from the newlywed game. Here we go. Girls tell me oh, yeah. where specifically is the weirdest place that you personally girls have ever gotten the urge to make whoopee. Make whoopee. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, don't. It's, no. It's so no, I'm talking about is the
0: weirdest location, the weirdest, the
1: weirdest place. Location. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an answer,
0: please. Here's his he answer. Was,
1: uh, in the car.
0: In the car. Driveway. So yeah, in the butt, Bob. Now it says newlywed game, urban legend. But she clearly said ass. No,
1: no, no, no. She said it. He is.
0: Uh, why the, does it say urban? Again? Why does it say urban legend then?
1: Well, here's why. The, give me the host name again. I've forgotten his name
0: of the uh, Bob, show. Uh, uh, Bob, Bob. uh
1: Eubanks. Bob Eubanks. Bob Eubanks. Yes. So Bob Eubanks, the reason it was legend is Bob Eubanks for years said no. That's not what she said. Because they you know they beeped it out, so nobody knew for sure. And he he said for years and years and years, he said no. In part because he was trying to save her the embarrassment. But later, 20 years later, he confessed. And he he has since done so many times and said, yes, that is what she in fact said. But she didn't
0: say but, she said ass.
1: I think that's true.
0: Which is an interesting little twist on that. Okay, let's talk Mitch Trubisky, or as you like to call him, Sad Trombonsky. The the Chicago Bears decide not to pick up his fifth-year option, which is surely being marked for death as a quarterback,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, you know, every team ideally wants to have that quarterback under contract in part for the fifth-year deal, right? The fifth-year contract, the fifth-year is such a good deal. It means you've got your guy, and you're paying him less than you would have to pay if he's good to be on the open market. His deal would have paid him $24 million, which was, was never going to
0: happen. Is there a quarterback that you can think of that had his fifth year declined and then they put more money into him, the team that drafted him? Because I know the two most recent ones, Jameis and Mariota, neither got their options picked up and they were gone. Actually, or wait a minute, did they both have – no, they did. They both had their options picked up, but now they're
1: gone. Right, now they're gone. It's pretty
0: rare to not have your option picked up as a quarterback.
1: Well, it's, it's certainly rare to not get it picked up And then go on to like stay with the team. I mean, at that point, you're just a dead man walking. I imagine there are guys that haven't had the fifth year picked up, left the team, went and did something somewhere else and was okay, good enough to get another contract. But usually it means it's over. Some team, you know, you're a first rounder. Some team gave you every every chance to win the job and prove what you can do. And if you get into year five and you're and the team still doesn't believe in you, it's, it's pretty much over.
0: Meanwhile, Andy, Dal- by the way, the Bears have said, oh, no, we, we still like Mitch, but we're going to have to see about this year. I'm not sure I believe it. And that was one of the most costly scooch-ups of one spot. Not just the cost to scooch up one spot to take him, but to pass oh. on Patrick Mahomes and oh. Deshaun Watson in the same draft. Wow. So haunting is Ryan haunting. is Ryan Pace the guy that did that is he still the GM in Chicago?
1: He is still the GM there. Yes. What yep. What does it take to
0: get fired from one of these jobs?
1: Seriously. No kidding. I mean you know, you would think this would be bad enough, right? But when you look at the at the rest of the roster and the, look at the and the offseason moves by the Bears this year, crazy. Do you know, get this Zabe, they have 10 tight ends. On roster, the Bears ten. do ten. ten. Yes, they signed in. They signed Jimmy Graham, who's been bad ever since leaving New Orleans seven years ago, whatever, right. right. To a a two year sixteen million dollar deal. And then they put their very first pick of the draft. And remember, they have so few draft picks because they traded them away for Khalil mack and then they traded more draft picks away, well a pick, to go get Nick Foles. And what do they do? They go turn around and they take their tenth tight end in the draft. It's a, you can't make it up.
0: It's unbelievable. Ugh. Well, we'll see what happens, but it looks like old Mitchell Trubisky is marked for death in Chicago. Meanwhile, Andy Dalton gets released by the Bengals. No shock there. Like everyone's thinking, they're going to trade Andy Dalton. It's like no, they're not because everyone knows they can't hold him. Correct. So Correct. they eventually give up the ghost. They cut him, and the Cowboys have signed him. Many thought he was definitely going to New England, which could mean the full tank is on for uh, Trevor Lawrence with uh, you know uh, Belichick and company. I'm, I have a hard oh. time believing he would tank for
1: you know a year, but who knows. Well, okay. Wait, wait. Stop right there, because I have suggested that to the ridicule of many. I know uh, people think people think that Bill Belichick is this wizard who can't possibly lose games and would never under any circumstances try to do like what the Colts did when they transitioned from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. You know, everybody just assumes that Belichick's going to go find his way to 10, 12 wins no matter who's around him. No, 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 no. I I think Belichick's playing long game here. And he is playing. Is he going to try to lose on Sunday? No. He won't try to lose on Sunday. But the general manager is trying to set that team up to draft a better quarterback next season.
0: And then, uh, so Dalton signs with the Cowboys one year, seven mil, which is fair. That's in line with the deal that Mariota got to backup car in Las Vegas. And, and, and it makes sense, but a lot of people are sort of triggered that Dalton got paid before Dak got paid. Is that in your mind, a faux pas by Jera? Well,
1: no, I mean, it, you know, one guy got, one guy got signed as a backup, And and I don't think I don't think Andy Dalton is threatening Dak in any way. Right. This isn't nobody's playing hardball with Dak on this, but it does. It certainly gives the team a better option if things go really sideways with Dak, which I don't think they will. Nobody thinks it will yet. But imagine if Dak like it's just decides to hold out or something you'd have. You know, now you can play competent football. I think it's an awesome signing. And good for him. I'm happy for Dalton. He gets out of a bad spot. He goes to an, an organization that has had an awesome offseason, and good for him. I Maybe bul- this is the beginning. This is, by the way, I, I think before the signing, I was saying some team's going to be very smart and go get Andy Dalton on a cheap deal, and you quarterbacks get hurt all the time. Yeah. You might be delighted you have him. I think they will be.
0: I believe Florio, in his vivid imagination, said, well, could the Cowboys wow. now rescind the franchise tag on Dak, knowing that there's no money out there? to go sign him to a deal.
1: Right. And right. I'm like
0: and I'm like, yeah, I guess in theory, but that's not <sighs> <Nah>. fucking
1: happening. <laughs> no. It's not, no, it's not happening. I mean, if you do that, it's scorched earth, right? Well, then then
0: scorched you would earth. he would find a team that wants him and then he would sign a deal that basically makes up for whatever this year coming is. And takes mm-hmm. care of him in the sub. Like it, it would be very counterproductive to do that. Like, yay, we let that go because we got Andy Dalton for one year at seven. Mi- what do we do now exactly? What are we doing here? Are we playing football? Yeah. What's going on? All right, last ad here. Murder Hornet. How many fantasy teams will you see with the nickname <laughs> Murder Hornets? I mean, seriously, people are talking about this like, oh, that's such a great uh, fantasy name. Uh, apparently, a, a breed of Chinese hornets or Asian hornets with huge mandibles
1: are, they are huge, by the way, are, huge.
0: That apparently the meat eating hornet, oh, God. which has been known to kill up to 50 people a year in Japan. Has surfaced recently for the first time in the United States in Washington State. Oh my God, 2020, you're drunk. Go to
1: bed. <laughs> We've co- it's come to this. Why? Why do these things always come from Asia? Why does everything bad come from Asia? Yeah, fireworks come seen.
0: from Asia. Sony televisions now, come from Asia.
1: I, I'm not. I'm not saying that no good things come from there, but man, the bad things. It always seems to start in Asia eating too many bats, I think, Sabe.
0: There's a YouTube video of a guy that willingly got bit by a so called murder hornet.
1: Oh, it's gotta be does, awful.
0: Does not look present pleasant, that's for sure.
1: Okay. No. Oh, uh, they're they're very intimidating looking. I would uh, I think if that thing actually bit me, I would cry like a baby. <laughs> yes, I would. I mean, <laughs> mommy Mommy, I got a bee sting. All right, Charge. Yeah, they great. don't sting. By the way, they don't sting. They, they bite. bite. Yeah. They he... bite because they want to eat your meat. Yeah, they're meat eaters. <laughs>
0: they're meat eaters, <laughs> oh, for God's sake. God. God. All right. Thank you, Charge. Good to talk to you. Great run You're today in the, the match game. I love it. I'm going to go binge watch some myself.
1: It's. I'm telling you, it really is fun. It's a, it is a good watch. Match game, 70-whatever.
0: All right, Hoser. Stay cool. See you next week. Bye-bye. I'm a band. Oh, how can you Fucking that? love that guy, Charge. You're Isn't he great? Like yeah. Well, Man, he is super into the match game. Take off. Let me end on a couple things here real quick. Guess who's not dead. That's right. Kim Jong-un, who was seen at a ribbon-cutting ceremony looking like no words for the wear. Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, my God. This is he's alive jr You're damn right it is. <laughs> in fact the video of him walking it looks like he's walking like Vince McMahon with his arms kind of jangling he's got his legs a little bit bowed out it's somebody if somebody has already put that video together of of Vince McMahon walking out on top of Kim Jong-un please send it my way if not I guess I'm going to have to make it. Somebody had to have made that comparison. Somebody has to have a side to side. I swear to God, it looks that way. But yeah, he's al- he's alive. And I said on Saturday, as I went to see my brother, Phlegm, and give him a bottle of whiskey for my for his uh, 54th birthday, and we were having pleasant conversation. me, him, and John, and uh, his boy, Joel, we're talking guns, drugs. My brother, by the way, is a food and drug lawyer. And his friend John is also a uh, food and drug patent guy, so trust me, we were talking about all this coronavirus stuff with the drugs and vaccines. But we were we were talking about you know Kim Jong Un, and I said, you know what? I'm kind of glad he's alive. They're like, why? And I said, because he's the asshole we know. I'd rather have the asshole we know than a wild card. Is that wrong of me? Am I taking the wrong geopolitical? view on this also there was this over the weekend I didn't go down to see it I said I would and of course I was too lazy but still I got the great videos all over the place Yeah, the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels flying over to honor our healthcare workers DC uh did a big couple loop-de-loops a lot of good porn a lot of good videos of this um I love it. I'm just such a plain nerd. It's so awesome. I would have liked to have seen it in person, but it was going to be a 45-minute drive and then wait around. And I had to mow the lawn on Saturday, so there you go. Mask requirements. Question. If they require that you wear a mask, do they have to then, is there any kind of type requirement? If you wore a Gump Worsley goalie mask, could you say, well, I'm wearing a mask? There was a woman that was filmed at some store wearing a mask, but she had cut a hole right where her cake hole was, you know, her cigarette hole, right where her breathing hole was, you know, her lips, little hole right in the mask. And they're like, what? Why'd you cut that in your mask? She's like, it's easier to breathe this way. (laughs) I guess you could get kicked out of a store if you've got a mask that they deem not sufficient enough. (laughs) I know this, we'll be back to normal when they return to banning masks in public because they don't want people robbing banks. Then we'll know we're really back. That'll be it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Charge for coming on in. Have yourself a great Monday as we are in the month of May. And remember, a big announcement on how to switch over to that yearly in just a few days here. Let's get it settled in, and then we'll tell you how to do it. And I appreciate everybody who does currently subscribe. If you don't want to change, you don't have to do a thing. You don't have to do a thing. I'm just saying for those who want to, you will then have that option. Rate and review. Tickle the algorithm. Tell a friend who likes podcasts. And have a great Monday. We'll see you tomorrow.